Hello, welcome to Devotionables, uh, short devotions for busy people. My name is Pastor Jeff. Thank you for joining us today. I remember a time when I was a little boy, I was being babysat by a lady uh, that was a friend of our family, and she was cooking fried chicken for dinner. And she was an excellent cook. And so in the course of her preparation that night, she asked me, what is your favorite part of the chicken? To which I responded, the crust. Well, it's been 50 years or so since that time, and I would still give the same answer. My favorite part of the chicken is still the crust. But now I realize that's not exactly what, uh, what our friend was asking and what, uh, what exactly she was looking for. You know, sometimes people ask questions that make perfect sense to them, but that can actually be confusing to the person being asked. And that is true in the, uh, in the spiritual realm as well. For example, I rarely ask a person, are you a Christian? Uh, what I might ask them instead is, what do you think a person has to do in order to go to heaven? Because their answer to that question will shed a lot of insight uh, into what they actually believe and on the level of their spiritual understanding. But I don't normally ask, are you a Christian, unless I'm able to ask additional follow-up questions. Because in our culture, uh, the term Christian means a lot of different things to a lot of different folks. Now, you might ask a stranger that question. They might say, no, I'm not a Christian, I'm Muslim, or no, I'm not a Christian, I'm an atheist. But for a large percentage of our population, they would answer a resounding, yes, absolutely, I'm a Christian. After all, I'm not a Buddhist, I'm not a Muslim, I'm not an atheist. Uh, perhaps they were raised in church, perhaps they still attend church faithfully. And yet, if you were to ask them additional questions, uh, you might quickly discern that they have very little understanding of what it actually means to be a Christian. Well, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus addresses those individuals who claim and, and even believe themselves to be Christians, and yet they are not. And it's a, it's a very sobering passage. Uh, when I look at the passage, there seems to be two kinds of people that Jesus addresses. The first person in the passage is the one who knows the right words, but their lives demonstrate otherwise. Uh, in verse 21, Jesus says these words, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Now the term Lord is a word that refers to divinity. Uh, it's an acknowledgement that Jesus is God. And so what Jesus is saying in that verse is that you can believe that He is God from an intellectual standpoint, and yet you can still remain in your sins. You can be orthodox in your beliefs and still not have Him as the Lord of your life. For example, uh, some people in certain parts of the country, for them it might be uh, good for their business to claim the name of Christ and be a part of a church because it gives, gives, it gives them a, a additional business contacts. And yet Jesus is very clear in this passage that not everyone who gives lip service to Him are actually Christians. You might say, well, then are you saying that we have to do good works in order to be saved? And the answer to that question is no, because Jesus goes on to say that just because you do good things doesn't automatically make you a Christian either. In verse 22, Jesus says these words, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And the response that Jesus gives for that person is the same response 
as to the per first person, and that is this, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In other words, Jesus is saying that our works cannot get us to heaven. We can't do enough good things to earn a ticket to heaven. Uh, sometimes Satan can use what others would perceive as good works, even miraculous works. Uh, he can use those things to keep us deceived and in our sins if we fall into the trap of believing that our works uh, in and of themselves are what save us. You might say, well then, Pastor, who then is going to heaven? Well, the answer is found in between these two groups of people. Jesus says, it is he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven who will enter. You might say, well, that sounds a lot like good works, that we're saved by our good works. But the real issue here is exactly what is the will of the Father. It would seem that the Father would want us to call Jesus Lord. In fact, that's a good thing. It would seem that the Father would want us to do good works. That's a good thing. But you see, the real crux of the matter is uh, about the heart condition of the one doing these things. What is the will of the Father? What Jesus tells us in other places, for example, John chapter 6, verse 40, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life and I myself will raise him up on the last day." In other words, the genuine follower of Christ has been changed from the inside out. It's a belief, not just a head knowledge, but it's a belief that is evidenced by faith and repentance, uh, turning from our sin, and it leads to a changed life. You see, the genuine Christian is not one who is content to simply give lip service to the Lord and yet continue to live in their sin. Nor is it the person uh, who is trying to do good things in order to merit salvation because the Bible says apart from Jesus, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Other people might see them as good works. God sees our righteousness as filthy rags apart from Christ. And so the genuine Christian has repented of their sin, trusted in the resurrected Lord to save them. And, and it's the one who recognizes that salvation is by God's grace so we're not saved by good works, but we are saved uh, for good works. In, in other words, we don't do good works in order to be saved, but we do good works because we are saved. And as a result of that, we not only call Him Lord, but our lives demonstrate Him to be Lord. That's why Jesus came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. His name means the Lord saves. So as we are in the midst of this Christmas season, remember the reason that Jesus came. He came to do for us what we could never do for ourselves.